0: Welcome to Abiding in Hope, a co-production of St. Gabriel Catholic Radio in Columbus, Ohio, and St. Rose Radio in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. I'm Marianne Jepsen, your co-host. I am a Catholic counselor here in Columbus, Ohio.
1: And I'm Father John Sims-Baker. I'm the pastor of St. Rose in Murfreesboro, Tennessee.
0: Father, it's so great, as always, to be with you.
1: It is great, also, to yeah, be back on the air.
0: Good deal. Good deal. So um, before we get started, we should do as we do all things, start with prayer.
1: All right. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. Heavenly Father, today we praise you and bless you, glorify you, and thank you. We ask pardon for our sins, and we ask the graces to use this time for your glory. Um, to open our hearts and our minds, uh, even our emotions, to you, uh, to submit them to your loving will, for us to ask your guidance and direction, and uh, loving paternal care and support. We a- we ask your blessing on all those who have sent in questions. We ask your blessing on all those who are listening today. Uh, that this time might be fruitful for them. We ask all these prayers to your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ, and we ask the intercession of our Blessed Mother, praying, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. St. Gabriel the Archangel.
0: Pray for us.
1: St. Rose of Lima.
0: Pray for us. Thank you, Father. That was a beautiful prayer. I really appreciate it. And I also want to say that Father Baker and I really appreciate all of our listeners who tune in and join us in this time from your cars, from your kitchens, from your family rooms, wherever you are, your offices. We really appreciate having you with us. And you can join us more fully by sending in your questions to AbidingInHope.com. We love to have those to um, take us forward in the show. And I know, Father, your, your people there and Murfreesboro have been um, really great in sending in questions as well. So we thank you all for sending in the questions. And speaking of questions, are you ready, Father?
1: I'm sitting on ready, rocking on go.
0: I knew you were going to say that, and that's always good. <laughs> so our first question today is, Um, the, The author of this question says, I have a question about family dynamics. In my family, I am the one everyone turns to when they have a problem. The conversations always start with, don't mention this to anyone else, but dot, dot, dot. As a result, I know everyone else's stuff, but I'm not allowed to share that information with anyone else, and I have to sometimes keep track of what I'm not allowed to mention to whoever I happen to be talking to. When the fact comes to light, as they usually do, I have to act surprised as everyone else. I don't like this role, particularly keeping everyone's secrets and sometimes having to lie in the process. I do not want to be there for my family when they need someone to talk to, which is why I find myself in this situation. However, I've come to realize it is a major source of stress in my life. Any suggestions on how to gently remove myself as everyone's confidant? Family members are ages 50 to 80, so this has been going on a long time. Okay.
1: Well, I don't know. This may be... Maybe more up your alley than mine, Marianne, but I'll, I'll <laughs> throw my piece of words in there and then you can uh, see what you have uh, to say as well. Um, let me just pick on one little line in there mm-hmm. as, to, to start with, and then we can go from there. Um, this The person who wrote this question says, I... Um, I don't like this role, particularly keeping everyone's secret and sometimes having to lie in the process. Mm-hmm. Well you never have to lie. <laughs> okay. So or or you shouldn't ever have to lie. And that's just the one thing I would say to this person about this situation. It sounds like some some funny, not particularly helpful dynamics have grown up in, in communications in this family and Again, as the questioner says, you know, with the ages of the people involved, it seems like these dynamics maybe have been going on for a long time. And, you know, this questioner, as just one member of that family, of course, can't control everybody else, but this person can, you know, um, control what, what they're going to do and, and what their role in this family dynamic is, and maybe have some role in in changing what I would agree with this person is sort of an unhealthy dynamic going on here with secrets going around and all of that sort of thing. Um, My father had this saying that uh, he used to always say, I think total disclosure is the best thing. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And so I think when somebody might come to you to be their confidant, you need to speak up first and sort of lay some ground rules before you just accept that role, you know. Um, Don't let that role just be put on you at the other person's, you know, assumptions about that role. Like, for example, but you can't tell anybody, for Mm -hmm. example. Well, you might say, well, I can't promise that, (laughs) or, you know, whatever. You know, I I think you can lay some ground rules down, too, and I think you need to, uh, and I think you need to be upfront about that. It's an unhealthy dynamic having all these secrets going around and people acting surprised and lying and all kinds of things. That's just that is just not healthy. <laughs> Nor is it Christian, really. You know the um, you know Jesus said, "Let your yes be yes and your no be no." And uh, anything more than that comes from the devil. And so, it's just much better to be out in the open with things and not be if things. Um, uh, don't need to be said, then don't say them. <laughs> A lot of times people will say things like, uh, I really shouldn't say this, but... Well, just stop right before the but. If you really shouldn't say it, don't. <laughs> don't don't kind of contrive some way that you can say or do something that really may be not need to be said. Like St. Paul gives some great direction on this sort of thing when he says, say only those things that are really going to help somebody else. You know, that might be another ground rule that you place when somebody comes to you with something and say, okay, is this going to help the situation or the other person or something like that? If it is, okay, we can talk about it. But if it's just to, like, you know, vent or something like that, maybe not so much. Um, If it's not helpful, then let's just give it to God. You know, that's one of the things I think... um, you know, we just need to rely on God so much more. So that, and that's basically what I would say to this person is: remember, first and foremost, you are a Christian and a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ, and let Jesus Christ and His disciples, like St. Paul, show you some ways of engaging in good dynamics, you know, of communication within your family, uh, rather than perpetuating these kind of dysfunctional ones, you know, that involve a lot of secrets and going around and, you know, talking about each other to each other, and which is, is really pretty unhealthy. Now, I do have to say people aren't probably going to just jump right on board and say, oh, goody, I'm all about this, and they might say, oh, well, fine, I'm not going to tell you, and then you're going to have to say, okay, fine, that's your that's your decision, and and don't don't have this need to be needed. If somebody isn't willing to share with you on the ground rules that you place, well, then Whatever is being said may not need to be shared, really, to tell you the truth. But you're establishing those ground rules in the light of the gospel, you know, letting your yes be yes and your no be no, and saying only those things that are really helpful to other people might eventually help the other people in your family to start to understand, you know, things like this really do need to be subjected to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. This is a part of discipleship. Is how we love and treat and talk about one thing another even within family um, we can't just uh, we, we're, we're disciples of Jesus Christ always and we have to let him be Lord and I think this is a place where the lordship of Jesus Christ and and um, his word uh, can can guide us and help you so that's that's what I would say
0: you know what, Father, I would say pretty much the same thing. Um, <clears throat> I want to and maybe just add a, a few things to it and a different, little bit of a different slant in some areas. But first off, I want to correct the way I read that question. There's one part of it where I think I read this wrong. Um, the person says, I don't want to to not be there for my family when they need someone to talk to, which is why I find myself in this situation. (laughs) And I think I read it that I don't want to be there for my family. when they. So just to clarify that issue, but um, first off I would like to say congratulations to you for being so trustworthy that everybody wants to come to you. So there's starting off right out the, the gate with a, you know, good for you that you're a trustworthy person. Um, adding to what Father said, though, about when people say, don't mention this to anyone but, that is, as Father said, your place to stop them and say, you know what? I've gotten into messes in the past, over the years, because of not mentioning anything to anyone. Um, that's I can't do that anymore. I can't. I You have to call them out at that moment and say, you know, if this is about gossip or whatever this is, it's just all starting off in the wrong direction. I'm happy to help you in any way I can, but the burden of carrying all everyone's problems in this family has gotten to be a bit too much for me. So if this is something that is about other people or if this is, you know, something that... I have to keep secret and I have a problem with that I want you to know that sometimes I'm my face or I, I, you put me in a position where I have to act surprised and that's an unfair position for me to be put into. So maybe it's best if you just don't bring me into this at this point, because it's become very difficult for me. You might just speak to your own weaknesses at that point and And, um. but I do think that if it's going in a gossipy direction or anything, you have to point that out to the people. I mean, if your if your family members really need help, then it's good to be there to help them. So on the other side of that is if you feel that you can't keep everyone's secrets, then I think you maybe have to not. You have to rethink how you're thinking about that whole situation. Like maybe you're putting too much pressure on yourself and worrying about it too much. Maybe if this situation comes out and suddenly um, everybody now knows about it, maybe you don't have to act surprised. Maybe you're putting too much on yourself about how you have to react in that situation. Maybe you can just sit silently and listen and do your best to control your face and your emotions and everything. There are ways you can learn how to do that. Um, so you're still there for people if they need you to be there for them. But, um, and if it is a, you know, say, let's say for instance, someone has, um, um, cancer and they don't want everyone to know about it at this point because they're trying to figure out what they're going to do. They trust you, they love you, and you give good advice. Well, you know, maybe you can just work on your reactions. Maybe you're just putting too much pressure on having to act surprised, so to speak. Um, I think there's a lot of ways to consider this, and um, my thought is you might be... In some situations, you might have to draw the line and say, look, don't bring me into this. And in other situations, you might um, just say, well, this one's worth it. Um, but once the family finds out, you know, I can get up and go to the refrigerator and, and get a drink out or or do something that would help you to distract your facials while you're um, hearing the news, whatever it is. Um, be there for the people when you can be there, if this is a worthy cause. And if it's gossip or something, then you have to draw the line out front and say, that's a place I just can't go. It's gossip, and I'm doing my best not to get involved in that kind of stuff. I hope that helps. Father, do you have anything else you might like to add?
1: Well, I do. I, I would say, too, I may have come on a little hard at first. Uh, I would agree with you, Mary Ann, that obviously this, this, this person trustworthiness is a very is a very positive thing mm-hmm. but but i just don't they don't need to be held hostage by that yes you know? exactly you can put down some ground rules you can stand up for yourself you know um, but and also though sometimes i think uh, like that sentence that you made the correction on sometimes maybe there's a little bit about us that we like to be needed you know (laughs) Mm -hmm. and so sometimes it might be good to just sort of say no you know i don't even really need to be involved in this that's right yeah this doesn't really involve me and this is something that they need to work out and maybe my you know i might be part of uh developing a an unhealthy you know Uh, Dynamic here, you know, where where rather than talking to each other, they're talking to other people and that sort of thing. And maybe it's even better if I just say, no, you know, I really think you need to go to talk to that person about it. You know, Mm -hmm. it's really it's about you and that person. It's and I'm not really a part of it, to tell you the truth.
0: That's right. So it's a moment-to-moment judgment call and all of that. And I think with your trustworthy heart and and all of that, you can figure out how to do that in each situation. Um, So. Anyway, I think we have another question here. Um, but before we go to that, I would like to reintroduce that we are um, Father John Sims Baker and Marianne Jepson, the co hosts of Abiding in Hope. And if you would like to send in your questions, which we would love to have, you can do that at abidinginhope.com. So, Father, our next question is this it is about dreams. Mm-hmm. In the Bible, God spoke to people through dreams. Saint Joseph learned of his role in the life of Jesus through dreams, and luckily he heeded the message. I'm wondering if God still speaks to us through dreams today, and how we would recognize if a dream might be a warning or direction from God, or simply a meaning meaningless succession of images and thoughts playing out in our minds. Most of the information I can find is New Age nonsense. Is there a Catholic understanding of the role of dreams in our lives? And I like this last sentence. Thank you for the program. <laughs> You're welcome.
1: Yes, you are welcome. And, well, that's a great question. It really is. Um, and I, I won't say that I'm maybe an expert on that. And again, I think this is a really—it's a good question. I think because it, it really lands in this interplay between, you know, sort of the, the the human and the supernatural that we deal with a lot in this, uh, you know, in the questions we have here, on dealing with them on a you know basis of, uh, you know, just understanding, you know, human psychology and 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 dynamics and that sort of thing, and also the way that God. Uh, Interacts with that, you know, because he does. And so, dreams is one of these places where that's um, uh, very interesting because it's, it, it is, as, there, as the writer of this question points out, God does communicate to people through dreams. We have, of course, the example of um, of Saint Joseph that's mentioned in this particular question. There. Uh, a number of other examples, you know, in the in the scriptures as well, you know, like Samuel in the Old Testament, and so um, so it's it's interesting. I um, I've, the other area that I've had people sometimes ask me about dreams is maybe on the other side of things where people have dreamt about something that is disturbing, mm-hmm. and they they feel somehow responsible for that, you know, like maybe that's a sin or something. And that's the interesting thing about dreams we're really not responsible for them they're not a they're they're not something that we can consciously control at least not much I don't think, you know and so um so on the one hand i I don't think we would have you know moral responsibility for something that we dreamt about you know unless we then acted on it later when we were awake um but also, it's, it's good the question here is things that maybe we have dreamt about um, and, and feel like, well, maybe that's some sort of inspiration from God, but how do we know? Because, again, it's hard to subject a dream to the same sort of, um, you know, analysis that we would, you know, <laughs> something we were doing when we were uh, awake. So, I, I, I'm not trying to hedge my bets here, but it, it, it is sort of a tricky thing. The one thing I think about, like, for example, that we can say the people like St. Joseph, for example, and those dreams that he had where God really was communicating to him through those, through those dreams. It, I think one thing that we can say, is it, it speaks for the real holiness and integrity of St. Joseph. Uh, that his dreams <laughs> were places where god could clearly communicate to him <laughs> i think those those the dreams of st joseph were things that are very clear communications from god and he acted on them and it says something for joseph that that, that the dreams that i think sometimes the, the, some things that are very fundamental with them it's kind of deeply down in our hearts or somewhere that we're maybe not even very consciously aware of but sometimes that' come out in his case, you know shows a real integrity you know a a, a wholeness uh a clarity that i speaking for myself, my dreams don't often. <laughs> <laughs> you know, even if I had a dream that I thought came from God, it, it wouldn't much probably be as clear as the, the, the sort of things that St. Joseph was able to, uh, because St. Joseph had this holiness and integrity, I think, that went sort of clear to the core of who he was. Um, on the other hand, I think God uses dreams. We know he does. Uh, and and I think he would use them, you know, in the case of even somebody like me, <laughs> who Perhaps doesn't have, well, not perhaps, undoubtedly, does not have the holiness or sort of integrity um, of uh, human sort of integrity of my humanity being intact in the way that St. That Joseph's was, so that I could really clearly understand and rely on my dreams the way that he did. But I do think God can, and there's certainly things that it, where I've, I've had a dream where I, in my case, it's maybe not so much on the very conscious level of a clear inspiration from dreams, but sometimes on the more of the level of a consolation I receive in dreams. you know you wait you something happens in a dream and I feel consoled by God or reassured by God, or something like that. sort of more of a you know a, a uh, on the affective side of things rather than maybe a clear. Intellectual inspiration, Uh, although that can happen as well. Um, So, uh, and I I have to confess, I don't know good sources on on where you go to how to evaluate your dreams on this. I I think some of the just sort of fundamental um, rules of 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 discernment could be helpful. You know, for example, God is never going to contradict Himself. Uh, So if there's something that happens in a dream that contradicts, you know, one of the commandments (laughs) or something that that the the Scriptures clearly teach or the Church clearly teaches, well, that's not from God. And you can just, you know, rest assured of that. Um, On the other hand, if there are things that do prompt us in that direction towards uh, being more docile to a teaching of, you know, the Lord Jesus Christ or the Word of God or the teaching of the Church, then we can probably rest assured you know that is from God, uh, and we could, you know, we or it, it certainly doesn't contradict God. So I don't know. That I, I feel like that wasn't much of an answer, but that's what I've got. <laughs>
0: <So>. <laughs> I would just add to that that um, you know a lot a lot of our dreams are our own way of working out things in our life. There are things that are in our subconscious. And our brains, while we're sleeping, are still working and sorting things out. So um, while, you know, and I, the reason I said that is because of um, the, the part, uh, the phrase in here about a, a simply a... Um, meaningless succession of images and thoughts playing out in our mind not necessarily are they all meaningless they may seem like they could be meaningless and some of them probably are um, where they come from who knows um, but oftentimes it is our we're trying to work out things in our lives or things you know from our past or whatever the important thing here i think is just having a, a a proper discernment of is this from God or is this something that I want so badly to be having God speak to me? Is it what I want or is it truly from God? <clears throat> Excuse me, um, because there's so many good people who really, really, really want so much for God to speak to them. Gosh, I, I would love to hear His voice. Um, I don't hear his voice so much. There might be nudgings in one direction or another, but um, so I might really want to hear his voice and hear him telling me to do something. But that might be stored in my subconscious so much that that's what's coming Out in this dream, I can't make the assumption that that's necessarily him, and that's where I think proper discernment and you know being patient with this maybe over time while I'm trying to discern, talking with a spiritual director or something about that, Um, not talking about it so much with friends or anything like that because there can be all kinds of wacky stuff that they might offer to us. It's best to talk to someone um, who really is in a better position to help you with that. And I think I have to leave it there, Father, because um, we've come to the end of the show, and I want to um, be sure that we close out with a prayer, with a blessing, um, if you would, please.
1: All right. The Lord be with you.
0: And with your spirit.
1: May Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.
0: Amen. And I hope that uh, what we've done here today on the show has helped our listeners in some way. Please do join us by sending your questions to Abiding in Hope. And until next time, God bless you all. Was raised a Catholic and went to church every Sunday faithfully I met a boy and he was non-Catholic so I left the church to be with him when I was away from church I yearned to be home what brought me back was my longing for the Eucharist the Eucharist fills me with a spirit that you can't find anywhere else I have a peace when I walk through the doors of the Catholic Church like that's where I belong we invite you to take another look at the Catholic Church visit CatholicsComeHome.org today